This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yes, good evening and welcome back to another edition of the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Jake Watson joined by the guys from the back of the nest. We've got DR, we've got Hambo's back returning Hambo and we've got Max joining us as well this evening in the studio. A quick one as well, we have got a few teams in FA Cup fourth round replay action this evening. The Battle of the Bees, Barnet against Brentford. Uh, 7.45 kickoff in that one. I'll go through some team news and updates later on. Also, uh, QPR usually on this evening. Um, but they've been replaced by Charlton, but they're playing Portsmouth in their FA Cup replay. If they win that, they'll be playing Watford. So uh, lots of London attention on that. 7.45 kickoff for both of them. But yes, Crystal Palace, I think, chaps, been a fairly good week for you lot since um, since your last year. A draw at Southampton, win over Fulham and a decent January transfer deadline day. Would we agree? Yeah, not, not too bad. I've got to say, Jake, my cans are loud today. Are they? Yeah, yeah, really loud. I can't do anything about that, but I know oh. somebody who can. Yeah, he has. He's done it already. I feel so <laughs> yeah. much better. It's like I was shouting at myself there. I'm relaxed now. Have, have you have you tried um, having headphones on before when there's an echo? Yeah. And try talking? Yeah, yeah, with the, the slight delay. It's it's incredibly weird, it is, isn't it? And you end up sounding drunk, don't you? Mm. Yeah. More it's, than usual. More than usual, yeah. <laughs> I only had a few tonight. I'm all right, you know. I had to drive. That is a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. Um, we, we distance ourselves from Christopher Hamling's comments. Yep. You have to do that a lot, yes. unfortunately. Drink responsibly. Can I, can I just say before we get into yes. the introductions of the other guys, and I, mm. they are as important as me, but I want to <laughs> say... That's not what you were saying before. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't give away your fair secrets. <laughs> but I want to say I, I'm I'm too polite, and do you know why? Why is that? I was leaving the co-op just opposite, 
And as I went up to the door, I stood aside for, for the person coming through the door. Mm. It was my reflection. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Are you sure you're all right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you sure you've not had anything to drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> or maybe, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. So yes, Hambo is back after a couple of weeks. <laughs> We've all missed him. DR is here and Max is here uh, as well. So look, chaps, uh, do you think, well, first of all, so let's have a quick recap on Southampton. We won't talk too much about it, but, you know, a decent point. Yeah. It was an, enter- well, it was an interesting game. Lots to talk about from it, really. It was a decent point, according to Roy. Um, but personally, <laughs> I thought it was two points dropped because we were pretty much in control and then we conceded a very sloppy goal. But yeah, it, you just have to. It's one of them games where lost two points, but a draw, I guess, isn't that bad. And then we beat Fulham, so it's not that. Um, you know, it was not that uh, that much of a bad week. I gotta say, it feels a lot better now. It now it was followed with a win, mm. but it was there was a lot of anger, and a lot of that was in Roy's direction. You know, after the game against what, Southampton. Okay, why? Well, after the game, he he kind of crystallise what the problem is himself he said you know we were 1-0 up and we really needed that second goal and we didn't get it Hmm. and then you know they score you're like yeah yeah Roy you had two strikers on the bench that you didn't use so around the 60 minute mark we were you know we were struggling to hold the ball up the pitch we were struggling to get you know some kind of retention of possession up, up that end we had Ben Teke and Wickham on the bench and he chose not to use them. Mm. And he just that's where the frustration comes in. I think the most worrying thing is that Roy said that um it was it was a good draw. It was good, you know, we get we got a point. But then you look at um Luka, Luka Milivojevic, before the Fulham game, when he was talking about the Southampton game, he said two points dropped. And just the little things like that, like it's like the player's mentality is different to the manager's mentality, and you could see it on a pitch. Maybe the players want it more, but it seems like Roy's kind of restricting them. There's positives to that because we're we're in a position we're not, right now where we're not in a relegation zone. But then you can look on the other side and think maybe if we did play more uh, with more freedom, and where would we be? Because we've got a decent um, squad, so we might be in top ten mm. right now. So and an know. interesting uh, game for for Wolf Max. A goal. We'd been waiting for that one a little while, and, and then a red card. Yeah, he he always seems to seems to court controversy. Uh, I think he was a, I think he was a little bit unlucky with um, with the way that he was kind of tactically fouled by Southampton. I think any team in the league would do that, and D, Dini has come out and, and admitted that Watford do it. And I think any any team in the Premier League would be foolish not to do it because it obviously does get to him. And I understand his frustration, but at the same time, he needs to he needs to keep his head a little bit because traditionally we we do struggle when he doesn't play. Although having said that, we did get past Fulham uh, without him, so and, and that was good to get over the line. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of truth in that, and you know, there's there's no doubt that the Wilf has to learn, and he said it himself. And mm. you know, a few people before, have, hasn't he? Though? Yeah, but and, and people have been been on at him about that. This, you know, you're 26 now, you should learn. I mean. When I was 26, I didn't know anything, to be honest with you. But that's that's kind of by the by. You know, he's he's got that responsibility. He is a role model, and more than that, he has a responsibility to the team. And um, and by getting himself sent off, he's letting people down. But context: look at what's happened. You know, he spent the game being kicked up and down the pitch. The referee, for whatever reason, just was not interested in protecting or supporting him in any way. He ends up getting booked when he was the one that was initially fouled. You know, he can't quite believe it. And all he chooses to do is applaud the ref. And then you get, mm. you know, this week just gone, Ashley Barnes is screaming obscenities into linesmen and referees' faces. Yeah. 
Um, it, was, it, it was an interesting one, actually. It, it was really interesting because it looked, my, my reading of that, that situation, clearly, you know, I've not seen the 90 minutes, but, you know, I've, I've seen the highlights and I've seen the incident with James Ward-Prowse. And, I mean, I don't really see what James Ward-Prowse has, has, has done wrong. And I think Wilf has clearly reacted, but it clearly was, it was a build-up of things that made mm. him react like that to, to Ward-Prowse. And then when he does do the, the, the clapping... To, is it Kevin Friend? I think he's got no... no Andre, oh, Andre, Andre Mariner, Mariner, Mariner yeah, wasn't yeah. he? He has then got no choice at all but, but to send him off. But the Ashley Barnes one, again, I was listening to Dermot Gallagher talking about it the, the other day, that you know, Ashley Barnes was yellow carded following that incident for diving when he wasn't and he should have had a penalty. So he's then sworn in the referee's face. And yeah. imagine then if... Ashley Barnes is sent off. He's banned when he should have actually won his team a penalty, and it's it's just this this horrible thing with, with officiating that you just can't kind of get it right. And yes, I feel sorry for Wilf, but at the same time, you, you just you can't be reacting like that. You can't. You, you you can't, but you have to be consistent as well in terms of officiating. Ashley Barnes, all right, um, maybe he didn't dive and got yellow card and frustrated by that, but the referee did think you know that it was a dive. And you look at what Ashley Barnes did to the referee, it was, you could argue, it might be worse or the same as what Wilf did, but he didn't get, you know, nothing happened to him afterwards. It's just being consistent. I think that's a problem um, with Wilf. I, I think at times referees don't help him um, when he's getting kicked up all game long, and then he's only a human. He's going to mm. react like that if, if you're getting kicked up. But is it when they're kind of sly, cheeky, professional fouls, mm. You can't really give yellow cards for for little ones, and do you know what I mean? So, it, if Southampton players were getting yellow cards for just professional fouls on on Wilfred side, I say professional. I, do you know what I mean? Just just your general tackles, which aren't yellow card offences. But when everybody is chipping in, and Wilfred Zaha has been fouled ten times, but it's only once by a little one from each individual player, you can't be handing out yellow cards for that. And teams are just being too clever, and Wilf needs to wise up to it. Yeah, that, that is that's absolutely true. But when when your people are saying that you've got to understand Ashley Barnes' reaction, you've got to understand Wilf's reaction as well in the mm. context of all of those things. So what I'm saying is Andre Mariner, it's probably he's given a human reaction. He's thought, you know, that's disrespectful. You know what? I've got the option to book you for dissent, so I'm going to do it and I'm going to send you off. But he should be thinking about the context of the game that he's refereeing. And let's not forget, it's not just about Wilf in that game. There's a red card-worthy challenge that doesn't even result in a free kick. I saw a couple, actually, of Southampton, yeah. Which, yeah. Were, which were probably reds. Not, not and, on, on Wilf, but just in general in the game. Exactly. And, and I think the frustration builds from that as well, if you don't feel you're getting the rub of the green. And, you know, the refereeing standards are always an issue. That, but Wilf, Wilf hasn't what we consider as Palace fans, and, yeah, we're biased, but we consider it's an undeserved reputation. Now, obviously, he gets, gets booed by every set of away supporters, and it's baffling at times. You know, but you know, I've sat in a Palace crowd that's booed Thierry Henry for no other reason than he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've I've not understood that. But and and Wilf gets that same treatment, and there's an element of you yeah, take it as a compliment. But bottom line is he's he is being unfairly treated. And if you look specifically at the Ward Prowse incident, you can say, oh, I don't think he's done anything wrong. Well, the, the initial challenge he puts his elbow into Wilf's back. That's what gets to Wilf. So he stands up and reacts. Then suddenly finds himself on the end of a yellow card. And he's thinking, well, hold on, I haven't got the foul. I've just been booked to reacting for something like that. And he's got hit that smug face. And yeah. I've, I've edited my real words, but he's got what, that James very, Ward Prowse? Yeah, he's very, yeah. very smugly. Goes to chuck a ball at him, spits down at his feet, <laughs> grabs him by, gives his, gives his head a little rub, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, you could call that clever or you could call that the sort of thing that were it in any other walk of life, he'd... 
you know, <laughs> take a bit of a pasting, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, we need to take a break. And after afterwards, we'll, we'll focus back on, on the positives and the good things. But just let you know, before 9pm this evening on the on the show, uh, we're going to be speaking to Sean Derry about your season. And also, we'll look ahead to your next game as well. We're going to have the ex-West Ham employee. Uh, the chat from Twitter, very, very good following. Uh, really knows his stuff. He's going to preview your next game as well. That's all before 9pm this evening. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Okay, about half an hour now till those FA Cup fourth round replay matches. I'll just run through some of the team news is. Uh, is that a word, news is? No. Yeah. No. No. Well, I knew now. that already. If you have to ask, deep down you already know the answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that is the way it goes. I'm Brentford Barnet. Um, it was 3 all first time round. If it's anything like that this evening, then we're in for a hell of a game. In, for Brentford, it's Daniels in goal. Beck Sorensen, Konza, Dowsgaard, Odebajo, McEachran, Sawyers, Genvia, Canos, Mope and Ben Rama. For Barnet, it's Cousins, Alexander, Sweeney, Johnson, Tutonda, Taylor, Robson, Fonguk, Mason Clark, Courthurst and Mehdi Alito. And I run through the QPR team as well. They're at home against Portsmouth. Actually, in fact, I've not got the QPR team here, so you'll have to wait for that one. Uh, but they're playing Portsmouth. The winners of that one play Watford in the fifth round. These are 7.45 kickoffs. Uh, so, chaps, we've done Southampton. We've done Wilfred Zaha. Let's have a chat about Fulham. Uh, good win. Really good. Yeah. yeah, really positive performance. First half hour was a bit of a slow start. We've got a habit of uh, the occasional slow start as well. I think the game-changing moment has got to be the penalty, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, <laughs> overall, though, it was it was really nice to see the team that had really good balance. I think Townsend was very effective, but I think we were effective down both flanks. We still slightly favoured the left, even though Wilf wasn't there. Um, but we kind of went with a four-four-two, four-four-one-one. You could argue with Ayu playing off of Benteke. Benteke did a did about seventy minutes. Almost scored an absolutely outrageous overhead kick. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, that. <laughs> and he, he just looked more like himself, and you could see he had a bit more confidence. Still no goal, but yeah. looked much more like the player he should. I mean, we'll go on and talk about Batshuayi uh, in a little while, but kind of just while he seamlessly takes on to Venteke, do you think that the Batshuayi signing will actually bring out the best of him in the sense of he's got some competition, which will maybe give him a little kick up the, the backside if he needed one sometimes it subconsciously can make you work that little bit harder because you know you, 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 your position could genuinely be under threat where maybe he didn't feel like that beforehand and also he's Belgium and they're probably mates and you'll probably kind of enjoy having him around well apparently um, him and Batshuayi were roommates something like that mm. so they've got a little bond there already <coughs> pardon me um, so, so that's a positive but of course, competition is going to play a factor into him playing better because he knows that there's other players out there that if he doesn't perform, his spot will be taken. But I think this injury and you know taking some time off football is a massive factor as well because sometimes it it, it makes or breaks people. But with Benteke, seen it's only one game, but even him attempting that bicycle kick, you can see that he seemed like a new player and his confidence is mm. up. So I think a little bit of time off. Um, and him recovering from his injury, I think that played a massive part as well. 
Are you excited about Batshuayi, Max? I am very excited about Batshuayi. Um, I've heard from, from fans of previous clubs that he doesn't work uh, particularly hard right. and kind of relies on his goal-scoring talent in the box. And that, <laughs> and, that, and that might be a problem for Palace because Palace do love a, a headless chicken running around uh, up front. And to be fair, uh, I think the game that, that we realised that we like Andros Townsend was when the previous game he'd been not moving at all from his position on the right flank and then he suddenly switched to absolutely sprinting after everything. And I think that he, he really got a place in the Palace hearts after that. Um, however, Batshuayi is obviously a talented boy. He made a big effect at the weekend, and if he scores ten goals until the end of the season, mm. I don't really care if he uh, if he runs up and down on it. We've spoken a lot about money this year. Um, now we don't know what you are paying for him, but it's it's no doubt a cheap. It's not going to be a cheap loan signing. And him and Benteke, they've got to deliver, haven't they? They have. They've um, got to. What I, I again. This I'm telling you this because I believe it to be true. Come on then. All right, but is this a Hambo exclusive? That's not an exclusive. It's been in the Paddy press. Paddy is an exclusive. It's been in the press, but put it down as an Jot exclusive it down. anyway. We'll have it. <laughs> right. I said it before any of them. Um, the loan fee we paid is in the area of a million pounds and plus wages. Mm. The loan fee that uh, Tottenham were willing to pay was eight million pounds. Um, that is how much Chelsea did not want to loan him to Tottenham. Wow. Um, it, part of it is down to the fact and Roy was saying this we've got a very good relationship with Chelsea after the Loftus cheek loan put a lot of money in their pocket by developing that player for a season uh, and they're obviously hoping we do the same but you know the, the agent Batshuayi's agent favoured a move to, to Spurs they were willing to pay the, mm. the extortionate loan fee but we, well, we got a good deal there well, yeah were you surprised to get him because I, I was covering it um, deadline day elsewhere and I saw the Batshuayi rumours but initially it was Chelsea have accepted a loan deal from I think it was Everton and Real Betis but they favoured doing a permanent deal to Everton and obviously then Spurs came in with a loan bid as well and if I'm being brutally honest in terms of who could maybe afford as much of his wages as possible, who could potentially buy him permanently. I would have thought Palace would have been maybe at the bottom of, or certainly towards the bottom of, the, of that pile. So you surprised you, you got that deal under? Because I have to say, I, I, I didn't see it happening. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it was like 10pm or 9.30pm. It was, it was, late. It was, it was a late one. Yeah, it was such a boring transfer deadline. Yeah, it, was, nothing, it was pans. Yeah, <laughs> nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, Palace are interested in Batshuayi. And then couple hours later he signed so it was it was unexpected and we were looking at him for pretty much since December I think we were really interested in him and he even said that as well that's why that's why he wanted to come to Palace because apparently well you know we were looking at him always always supported Palace yeah exactly always supported Palace as a kid kid. yeah Yeah. pictures of Chris Armstrong and his wall growing up John Salato so yeah there there was always real interest from us and we've done our scouting so um but the way that it happened, I didn't really expect it. I thought it, like, I thought it would be a typical Palace transfer um, miss. Um, you know, his medical go wrong or something go wrong. But when it happened, the following day when it got announced, I was I was shocked. There's, there, I mean, there's two factors. One was I was in the middle of recording a podcast where we were taking the mickey of our lack of action. Yep. And the minute we pressed stop, the news came up. And I'm not even joking. What did you Literally, do? We went, we went back yeah. on. <laughs> said, By the way, <laughs> as we were recording, this happened. Um, but that that I mean, that that was a shock in that sense. But having said that, we were in for him much much earlier in the window. He was an option for us. Mm. Um, that's when we were looking at the Solanke deal, which eventually fell through for fitness reasons. It was a lot of money to pay for a player who we didn't have any guarantees yeah. would be fit to play. So that kind of fell apart at that moment. And I, and I think you know Steve Parrish has gone on record as saying that 
we were just we had no idea that it was going to happen. Yeah, but, but the club had no idea, and he just all of a sudden it was that Chelsea who came to us and said, "Oh, by the way." He's here, if you want Serious? him. Yeah, because Valencia actually... Didn't, they didn't they want t- him. No, yeah. they terminated his contract, yeah. uh, his loan deal yeah. earlier on in the World Cup house before hmm. we actually signed him. So it was it was, it was, was not like we could have got him earlier on because at the end of the day, he'll start Valencia. But when the opportunity did arise, we managed to you know, go and get him, which I've criticised the board um, for not trusting them um, with transfer signings, but... Hats off to them, you know, they completed it very quickly and got a bargain as well. Like, as Chris was saying, he could have went to um, Tottenham for £8 million, but he came to Palace uh, for £1 million and we're paying, his, you know, only his wages. So that's not that bad of a deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great deal. We'll certainly uh, watch closely with how uh, Batshuayi gets on for the rest of the season. Uh, you're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. Are you paying way too much for your energy bills this winter? A spokesman said could help you save big money. A spokesman says the price comparison site that shows you the very best energy deals on the market. Don't pay the price for rising energy costs. Visit a spokesman said.com now and you can be saving money on your bills within minutes. With a spokesman said.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. Okay, I'll just quickly run through uh, the QPR uh, side for this evening. They are playing Portsmouth in their FA Cup fourth round. Replay Watford await in the fifth round. QPR have made three changes um, from Saturday. Uh, The big one really is that Matt Smith, the giant Matt Smith, is going to be starting up front for them. It's Lumley in goal and then Furlong, Hall, Lynch and Bidwell as the back four. Freeman, Luongo, Scowen, Osei Samuel, Smith and Naki Wells. Um, The Pompey boss... Uh, Kenny Jackett has, has said he really wants to go for this one. He is saying that looking at it, 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 it's a great opportunity for the football club. And they're starting this evening. They've made five changes from the weekend. It's uh, McIlvery in goal, Walks, Burgess, Clark and Brown at the back, Naylor and May in midfield. And then up front, they've got Jamal Lowe, Close, Louis Dennis, all behind Ollie Hawkins. So, uh, chaps. This game against Fulham, what were you best pleased with in terms of starting lineup and, and formation? Again, the big one that jumps out for me, Jeffrey Schlupp. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought of like Jeffrey Schlupp coming to Palace and taking, you know, Max Meyer's role. It's, it, it kind of blows the mind a little bit. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, it, it was a it was a match for the unsung heroes. You know, Jeffrey Schlupp was taking an awful lot of stick, had an absolute blinder. Jordan Ayew taking so much grief. Absolute blinder. Diaz going to wind no, me back sorry. in there. <laughs> he didn't have a blinder. Let's like I know he had a good ending to the game, but if you actually realise any game, there were a couple of misplaced passes. If I actually realise. And it was yeah, exactly. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not a blinder. Stop doing. Stop using that word. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a blinder. Stop team. Stop being too nice. But um, in terms of slap starting ahead of Max, um, I've come to the theory that it's just based on like physicality more than football talent. Um, because even when Max Meyer did come on, you could see the size difference between Jeffrey Schlupp and Max. And also, look at the Tottenham game where Jeffrey Schlupp just bodied the Tottenham defend and just ran past them. And also, against Fulham, there were similar scenarios as well. I think um, it's a bit unfortunate for Max, but that's it really. I think Roy just prefers to have the more physical player on the pitch rather than technical, um, whoever's technical better. 
And uh, yeah, so so Max, how do you feel about Schlupp? Are you? I know it's, it feels strange. It, honestly, it feels so strange because I don't want to kind of talk about the money and, and Max Meyer anymore because I kind of really want to focus actually on the guys who are playing. And, you know, Jeff Schlupp has had an opportunity and you kind of, you've got to say he's kind of taken it, haven't you? Definitely. I think I, he'll always have detractors, but, you know, he clearly has got a role to play on this side. For sure. And I have criticised him in the past for not maybe having the kind of spatial awareness and, and vision that Max Meyer obviously has. But he came in and he did a good job and he played well. And I, I see that this season he's scored the same amount of goals so far as he has in his previous four full Premier League campaigns. He's already got four goals. He's, he's our second joint second top scorer. Um, and, he, you know, he, he has played well. And I do think that Max Meyer is a technically better player. And he might even be in the starting lineup of a team further up the table. But the way mm. that Palace play means that we do need a certain level of physicality and obviously Roy feels that Max doesn't have that. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. Was there anything else? Well, Geitel was obviously back in the, in the starting lineup after a little bit of injury. Did um, Was it noticeable to have him back? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it was a relief for you, I yeah. believe, Hamber. We've been speaking the last few weeks about this bet. So <laughs> you're now safe. I think. For, for now, as long well, as there are no other injuries. you've got Perry in as well, so there's, yeah. there's now three back ahead of um, Jules. So I just I want to explain the bid, what you, the bid, the, the bet that you had with, with Mr. Aaron Paul. So, yeah, Aaron bet that Spironi would make 10 appearances this season, and if that happens, I have to buy him a Spironi shirt. Okay, so I feel safer again now. I thought You're safe now, mate. But, you know, Jules had a man-of-the-match performance in, his, in his, his first game against Liverpool, obviously a couple of glaring errors. Yeah. But against Spurs, he was magnificent. Um, and you know, if you know what, if he never plays again for Palace, that's a fitting way to go out. Man of the match award, clean sheet. Mm. Um, but I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling that much more comfortable. Quite a, do you know what? He had ne- next to nothing to do because there were no shots on target <laughs> faced. So, um, but we we're talking about this the, the other day. It's there is a there is a marked increase in confidence with the defence with him there. I think you know it's been rubbished by a few people but i think if you look at the body language if you look at how he conducts himself when he's in goal you are confident that he is focused there's never a moment where you think he's not trying to anticipate what might happen next mm. that doesn't mean he's going to get to every shot that's in the top corner but i've got a lot more confidence that he will make key saves you know saves that are just as good as goals and i didn't have that confidence before yeah i think that plays a part to why we've been so good defensively this is so far this season because when Gaeta has come in we're averaging I think two points a match so that's quite significant but I think also credit has to go to the coaching staff because even when Gaeta wasn't playing we were still very good defensively if you look at some of the goals we've conceded this season it's more down to individual errors rather than tactics so we've criticised Roy um, you know for his tactics being a bit too uh, you know defensive and not being uh, not allowing players to have much freedom but Hats off to him in that aspect because end of the day we're still keeping lots of clean sheets and that you know Roy and the coaching staff has played a massive factor in that. Okay, seven forty-five. It's Brentford, Barnet, and QPR, Portsmouth. The other two replays as well are Newport and Middlesbrough, Wolves and Shrewsbury. We're on till nine p.m. this evening for the Crystal Palace fan show. But up next, we're going to be speaking to former Palace player Sean Derry. This is Love Sport. Yeah, welcome back to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport. We've got... 
DR, we've got Hambo and we've got Max from the back of the nest in the studio. We've got former Palace midfielder Sean Derry on the phone. Now, Sean, good evening. Evening, guys. How are you? Uh, we're all good, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all good. Thank you very much, uh, Sean. Sure. So, um, Palace, it's been a decent week for the for, for the guys, hasn't it? I mean, uh, a, a decent point at Southampton, uh, the win over Fulham and Batchway coming in on, on deadline day. Yeah, it's been a great week, really has. I think the point away at Southampton against a different type of Southampton as well was important. Obviously, the loss of Wilfred was uh, slightly damaging, but now the the win at home against Fulham was a was a looked like a pretty comprehensive win. Yeah, and I know that the chaps are probably sick of, of maybe talking about uh, Wilf and when he doesn't play, but another win without him in the team, you know, it, it's it's important, isn't it, to prove that they're not just this one-man team, whether it's not just a Palace, but to, to, to Palace fans as well. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been on this show before to say just how important Wilford is to the football club. Of course he is, and he will be. Um, but to the win without him is um, it's testament to the other guys that are there. I'm sure at certain times of the season, you know, they probably felt a little bit of frustration um, thinking about their role in the football club when everybody's speaking about Wilfred Zaha. But now, to you know, to, to get this two win, two nil win um, without him is um, is great for the boys. Now, I'm sure, uh, Sean, in your career, you probably got wound up a few times by some some referees and uh, <laughs> probably reacted and maybe said something, whether they heard you or not, or whether you got a card. I don't know. Uh, we had a couple of incidents, obviously, with Wilf being sent off, and as the chaps brought up, then there was there was Ashley Barnes, wasn't there, for for, for Burnley, where yeah, he was yeah. he was penalised, where he probably should have got a penalty, and he ended up getting a, a yellow card himself. And people are saying, well, you know, he should have got a, a red because he was it was it was quite clearly abusing and swearing in the referee's face. And Wilf claps him and gets a second yellow and and a red card. It's it's tough, isn't it, for for a referee? But also, can you understand as a as a player, whilst why why both Barnes and Wilf reacted the way they did? Absolutely, of course. I mean, in terms of the Ashley Barnes, it was a blatant penalty. Absolutely, and you get frustrated as a player, and it is frustration. I think that's what it is. You know, obviously, he looks as though he went over the line with his. Um, berating of the uh, of, of the of the linesman but it was a blatant penalty and I think as a player and as a coaching staff all you want to see is consistency so to see a lack of consistency between Zaha and Barnes you know that's what frustrates everybody and I think you know Wilfred of uh, you know listen he's, he's not a kid no more is he you know he's he's a, what is he 26 27 years old yeah you know, he, he he should look at that and just kind of walk away from the situation because to, it could have it could have turned out to be a big loss. But thankfully, the boys carried on and you know won without him. But I can see his frustration. You know, he takes a lot of hits in the game as well. He seems to be a marked man. Of course, if you're going to be a team that's playing against Palace, I think if you know as, as a manager, if you can say stop the service into the centre forward, and that generally comes from the likes of Wolf then he's going to be at that mark man between now and whenever he hangs his boots up. Yeah, but the issue is, though, Sean, it's the tactical fouls, isn't it, on Wilf, that it feels like the manager's saying to the players just to, to, to kind of always take it in turns, just do, doing a little foul on him. So they're not yeah. necessarily getting yellow cards for them, so nobody's getting sent off, but Will's still, be, Will's still being tackled maybe 20 times more, more than everyone else, and it kind of yeah. all, all builds up, isn't it? So, look, Sean, you're now... You know, working as a, an assistant manager at, at Oxford, have have you in your time ever you know targeted a, a player as such and to tell the lads to almost take it in turns just to, just to stop him playing? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a story of when I was managing at Notts County. We had a young Jack Grealish. He was a seventeen-year-old at the time, and we played away at 
um, Stevenage. And Stevenage, they, I mean, he played on the left wing. And at one point, their right winger came at right back just to share a foul. You know, I think within about the first 25 minutes, all the team had took a foul on Jack Grealish. <laughs> so I have seen it at first hand. And I think as a manager or as a coach, and I know it's probably looked upon as wrong, but I remember as a player as well, saying to certain teammates around me, Share the fouls. Don't let it always be me. <laughs> Don't let it always be Johnny Ertl or somebody else who I was playing in the middle with. You know, take it in turns so that we stop, you know, one of the best players. And sadly, whether you like it or not, that's part of the game. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You've answered my uh, my first question, Sean, because I was going to suggest that you weren't you weren't exactly unfamiliar with the darker arts <laughs> of the game. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm just interested to hear your your views. And going back to the, the Southampton game, well, again, obviously we're talking about the fact that Wilf got sent off. But what? Um, so a lot a lot of Palace fans were getting frustrated with with Roy Hodgson for not making a change up the top of the pitch and, and just trying something different because he had two strikers on the bench. And it's been a theme throughout the season. I know you've, you've probably seen a fair bit of Palace. Um, and, I haven't and... seen as much as I would like, to be fair, because of obviously my commitments. But, you know, I, I, they are one of the teams in the Premier League that I you know, closely look out for. So, uh, bear with me. No, sure, sure. But in terms of management, I think the, the suggestion of that the fans are saying that Roy is a bit old school in the sense that I suppose there's jokes that he doesn't even realise he's got three subs, but um, <laughs> but in general, in general terms, he seems very reluctant to make any changes. I think just to back that up a little bit, the half-time table, and obviously we all know games don't end half-time, but if they did, Palace are sixth in the Premier League. But you know, clearly, I think we struggle when teams change it up against us and don't seem to react. Do you think that that yeah. potentially is a problem? You know what, I think it's very difficult. You know, we're talking about a vastly experienced manager and I've been privileged enough to, to go down to Copas Cope Road on a number of occasions and, uh, and watch Roy and his coaching team work. Uh, and, you know, it's unbelievably impressive, you know, for a young aspiring manager like myself to go and see somebody like that and just to kind of gain the experience of what Roy's all about. But I also get that everybody's a five o'clock manager as well. And it's easy to... You know, it's easy to kind of comment once once the situation's probably not how everyone would have would would have liked to have seen it. I think the facts of the matter is, up until this last transfer window, you know, let's be brutal about this, the centre forward situation at Crystal Palace has been the major issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Zaha himself playing down there as a nine, and unless you've got absolute trust 
in the players from the bench. And I can say that from experience as well. Sometimes you just look over your shoulder and you just don't fancy somebody for whatever reason. You know, you might have not seen something that you particularly liked in a week. You're probably looking at the opposition and analysing potentially you can make that impact. And that's ruining his staff wouldn't have had the massive amounts of confidence in one or two others. But with Batshuayi, who's come in now, hopefully that can change. Um, Ajron, um but don't you think that that sends a negative message to the players on the bench and also to the players on the pitch? Because if you know that if you don't, you know, you don't perform, you know that you're going to still stay on the pitch. So why, why do you have to perform to like another level? But you know that you got your spot there. Doesn't that send a negative message? Um, listen, it's a valid argument. Of course, everyone's everyone's entitled to the opinions, and I, and I get that. I've I've sat there at certain times on the bench, thinking perhaps I could have made a change myself. You know, as a player. And never been called upon by certain managers. Yeah. Do you know what? That's just the nature of the game sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes players just got to deal with that, you know. And they've got to go back to the drawing board on a Monday morning, and they've got to put it right. And sadly, this is the big issue I have with modern day footballers. A lot of them sit there and kind of wallow in the moment, and and don't go out there and, you know, kind of give the manager a problem on a Monday to Friday. It's all well and good sitting there on a Saturday, but if you've not performed Monday, Monday to Friday, I'm not saying for one instance that's what's happening to the lads at Palace, but I, I've seen it with my own eyes. Some lads just haven't got an argument on a Monday morning. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Uh, obviously, you were part of a, of, a, of a very close dressing room that stayed up at Sheffield Wednesday, and I wanted to, I wanted to hear your thoughts on how important personality and, and the togetherness of a team is. Oh, it's massive. I mean, for me, working with like-minded people, especially at Crystal Palace, was a joy, absolutely. I mean, that group of players who went to Willsborough on that last day, you know, in, under the situation and the circumstances that we did, knowing, probably knowing that if we'd have lost that game, they might not have been a football club. You know, that, that, that was as serious as the situation was. So to go there and you look around Hillsborough in that dressing room beforehand, and have absolute confidence that everybody's going to you know, try the very, very hardest at the very least. It was brilliant for me. As the captain as well, to, to, to look around, and especially after the game when it obviously ended 2-all and you know the scenes afterwards was probably one of the joys of me being a player, really. Sorry, I just drifted off in the scenes afterwards there, remembering Clint <laughs> Hill fighting the entire Sheffield Wednesday crowd. Um, <laughs> Mike, well, a good, quick question for you on, uh, on Max Mayer. Again, I don't know how much you've seen of Max, but obviously a player with a big reputation, seen as a, as a real coup for Palace to get him in. Um, but in terms of, of actually making an impact on the team, Roy's very reluctant to use him too much. And it seems to be, we were talking about it earlier, seems to be the sort of physical side of it. You know, he's fairly slight in stature, a lot of talent. But again, I think the club are looking at his, you know, his physical stats and they're a little concerned and playing maybe lesser players over him. What's your view on how we, how you can integrate someone with that kind of talent who maybe, you know, physically might not be up to the, the Premier League standard? Well, I think, first thing, Max Mayer is a, is a Premier League player. You know, his, his history and the clubs that he's been in suggest that, you know, he can handle the level. Technically, he's fantastic. Absolutely. He really is. I've watched him two or three times closely. And, you know, the way that he manipulates the ball and the vision that he's got when he's in possession. But how do you get into possessions? You know, I've been playing in the Premier League for two two years. What I did know about the Premier League back then, and it's 
grown since I since I've retired is that it's an unbelievably physical challenge to play against certain types, especially when you're fighting for your lives, which is probably where Palace have been for the last couple of years. Now, in terms of how do you integrate a player like that, it might be system change. It might be something where you know you have your little you you have a box two midfielder and he plays more as a natural number ten, but Palace don't play it that way. And and how do you kind of you know forfeit somebody like Azaha, who you know we know plays more natural when he's going up and down that wing, to try and integrate somebody like Max Mayer, who perhaps isn't as consistent as as Wilford. It's it's a difficult challenge sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Sean, just one last one before we let you go this evening. Um, it's up next for Palace. It's West Ham at Selhurst Park. How would you see that one going? Oh, I mean, how do you how, how do you rate West Ham? <laughs> if you watch West Ham last night, you know you'll say that Palace have got an almighty challenge at the weekend, and I think that's why you've got to go and appro- approach the game. But we also know that West Ham have got this, you know, this, this habit of shooting themselves in the foot. You know, let's hope they've got the guns out on Saturday and they do just that. You know, because for us. To go, uh, you know, and get another three points on Saturday would obviously bring West Ham closer to Palace, but would also keep the run going. And, you know, that's what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, really appreciate your stuff this evening. Some great, great stuff. Uh, that was uh, Sean Derry there, the former Palace uh, midfielder. We're going to take a break when we come back. Uh, loads more on till 9pm this evening. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Okay, those FA Cup fourth round replays have all kicked off. Is there something you wanted to say, Hambo? I'm oh, just sorry I didn't have my cans on. Didn't realise we'd uh, <laughs> we'd started again. Sorry, you've got no excuse as well tonight because usually uh, you sit no. directly opposite, Correct. but you can't see the red light on air bit. Oh yeah, it's, it's directly my, in your eye line. Mike live. I've just seen that. Yeah. <laughs> so Hambo's had a few weeks off, so he's been relegated <laughs> from yeah. from the big chair. Max, Max has taken over, he mate. Just doesn't even care, does he? Didn't even, <laughs> didn't, even ask, didn't even ask. Just took it. That's what happens, mate. You're born with it. Stay there, that's where you belong. All right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, Sean Derry, really interesting stuff there. Just just quickly picking up on his point about Jack Grealish. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of what we already knew happens. But I think really refreshing for, for a coach manager to come out and say, look, you know, yeah, it happens. It, it, it's done. Yeah, tactical fouling. Um, you, don't, you know what? You don't... You don't like to see it but mm. at the same time like you say you kind of know it you know it happens you accept that it happens i just think you know the 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 flip side of it is do we want the best players to do we want to enjoy watching yeah. them you but, know we're fans okay yeah. we're, we're fans it's different for a manager it's different for you know they the opposition they, yeah the opposition yeah. It, it matters to them they've got to win those points and they've got to try their best to do it as supporters we're never going to like to see it are we because we want to see well no let's let's put it right I don't want to see the best players on the opposition sides. I want to see the best players on my team hmm. allowed to prosper and allowed to to show their skills. So, but it, that is a bit of an unrealistic realistic expectation. So I think it was interesting to hear that from Sean because it it just emphasises it happens at all levels. I think the most 
<clears throat> weird, like not weird, but the disappointing thing is that you can't really stop it. And that that is the thing. How, isn't do, it? how, how do you stop? How that? do you? Because if players are taking it in turns and it's just a niggly foul, you can't just give a yellow card for if if it's just a small foul, regardless of who it's against. Or do you get to the point where you have to start? You know, kind of tallying up the amount of fouls on a certain player and say on the tenth foul on Wilfred Zaha, doesn't matter if it's a bad one or a little one, you get a yellow card. Is that what you do? That's a good idea. Every every five on the fifth foul, Wilf's allowed to kick them back. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little kick, basically um, uh, hockey. That's what you want football to become. You can have a fight in between games. Why why not? eh? (laughs) In rugby, uh, what they do is if if there's been a succession of fouls, it doesn't matter if the players. If the, if the like the fifth one, if the deciding one is by a player who's committing his first foul, it doesn't matter like whether it's a small offence or a big offence. The ref just says, "Look, your team has collectively mm. been fouling, has been committing offences, and you're going to be the one punished for that." And I would like to see that in football. And I'm not just saying that because Zaha gets fouled. I'd also like to see that with Liverpool and Salah, Chelsea with Hazard, any team with any talented player. And I think it it would work. But it would be frustrating. Once divers, you know, they get um, they get rewarded for it. If you start diving on a pitch and it still accumulates, you know, as fouls, and then you know, it, 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 you have to. It's it's a hard thing to uh, it's a hard thing to sort out. But I, I don't I don't see the Premier League doing anything about I it. Or I think it's an interesting one though because this is becoming a conversation now. And I remember actually Pep Guardiola said it a little while ago, or maybe even being one of these autobiographies, you know, about the way obviously he manages his teams whether it was Barcelona or Bayern Munich is literally as soon as the opposition get the ball they have like a five second rule where they yeah. have to they have to stop and it just stops momentum so it's just a niggly foul and they then take it all in turn so it just stops the team attacking they'll just foul them just a little one but they've got like five seconds to do it and you know if people are coming more aware of it to the point that Pep's talking about in, in and then we're talking about on radio shows and Sean Derry saying that this is the thing this is what people are doing then there's no reason, like like Max says with, with rugby, that they could introduce this. I think that's a, I, I actually think that's a genuinely genuinely good idea, which would work. It's it, it's a simple one because it's just a change. It's a change in mm. refereeing approach. It doesn't change anything with the game. It doesn't, you know, doesn't unnecessarily punish anybody. Really, I think you know as long as everybody's aware of it. So yeah, it's it's not a bad suggestion. I, I would just I would just say you have to be careful because what you don't want to do is sort of sterilize the game. Mm. You know, part of part of football is being creative. You know, set plays, blocking off players. So, so, you know, technically speaking, it's a foul if you're blocking a player off. You've got no interest in the ball, but everyone looks at it and says, "Oh, what a good set of piece that was!" Because you got that player standing and he's taken up two players. That one's gone mm. on the blind side. He's tugged his shirt there on the, behind the back of the referee and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I'm someone who supports VAR. You know, I, I, I like the idea. But at the same time, I really don't want to see every tiny little thing analysed in excruciating detail. I realise that's what we're kind of doing today, but mm. um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know, I, you know, I think I think it's important to let the game be the game, and part of that is you know the dark arts that we were talking about earlier on. Mm. You just don't want outright cheating. That's what you don't want. Yeah, I just I I don't really I just don't see it happening. Like I think VAR is the next thing to happen, and then I think. It's going to be. I think the like the FA and the Premier League are going to really focus on that and make sure that's correct. But even after that's done, I just don't see because it's it's so it's going to be hard as as Hamburg, like as Chris said yeah. here. 
it's just a tug. Yeah, a tug is a foul. What is that going to count as a foul now? Is there going to be no contact? You don't want it to be turned into basketball where there's no contact. It's still Def- a football definitely game. Definitely don't want to turn it into basketball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we you wouldn't even need to blow up for the fouls. It's just a you know a, the the ref can almost take a mental note of that you tried to foul him yeah. there, but it's not stopped. It. And you can do that. There's absolutely no, no reason why referee it, can't. No, no, you can't do a mental note. Mental note. That's going to be. That's going to be very hard. I was a referee once. <laughs> wait, wait, here, <laughs> we here we go. Here we go. Let's hear this story. Don't stop him. I want to hear. Settle down, I want to hear this story. I was a referee once. Referee. Yeah, the, the teachers were having a match um, back in like um, back in the day, and uh, they selected me as a referee. And you know what? It's very hard. Like I couldn't. I couldn't keep track of things. So it's. It, I'm telling you now, in front of like 30,000 to 26,000 um, people, you're not going to be able to keep a mental note. There's too many things that's going on. It's impossible. I'm saying that from experience. You, can, you, you can't really keep track of walking and talking at the same time, though, can you? So I'm not sure if you're the, the right example. Um, I think his point, DR, is the referees should be able to like professional ones I don't think the fact that you're unable to keep a mental note but it's still going to be very hard <laughs> yeah but no that proves it that, no. that's, that's over now that discussion when, when DR was at school he tried doing a mental note it didn't work so <laughs> but, still, but imagine like, it's still going to be very hard like mental note maybe someone else help, uh, helping maybe those, the uh, fourth little... official but maybe the fourth official so, to a point but when it's a game between Crystal Palace when it's a game of Man City and it's Sterling when it's Zaha you know the players that are getting targeted so it's not like he's got to have a little notebook and think oh that's that's three fouls today for, for Andros Townsend that's two for Sergio Aguero you know and you can tell and I say mentally you're not actually tanning them up it's just you know in your head thinking right there's been a few of them yeah, now that's one too many who's yeah. next next time it's a yellow card and that's all I'm saying yeah, but then look at look what happened with the Andrew Mariner thing there was fouls that he didn't call like it's, it's I think you you have to set a certain number into it whereas because if you do ref- that mental note let's say Wilfred Zahl yeah. fouled five times then then maybe you could say um, you know he, he other players deserve yellow card, but you can't just do it mentally. I, no, I think you you have to allow a degree of instinct. That's the thing. You have to you you know, talking of Andre Marino, I'm you know obviously I'm not happy with that refereeing performance the other day, but you know it was just human error. And, but, and also, um, what he's doing as well is he's just going by the, the 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 rule book. You know, at the end of the day, it was only a small foul. It was only a smirk. Yes, it's annoying. Yes, you understand why Wolf reacted that way. But he can't give James Ward Prowse a yellow card for doing that. He but he can give Wilfred Zahara a yellow card for clapping him. Now, as as annoying as that is, but if Andre Mariner had the powers to give a yellow card for a cumulative you know build up of fouls against. Southampton as a team then that would have never happened because he could have given Ward Prowse a yellow card before well, Wilson even po- clapped him possibly but you know again I think we're perhaps using a bad example when we're talking about Andre Mariner <laughs> because he you didn't know, call for that like, you know, we've got again I go, back, I go back to the, the Jack Stevens challenge early doors that wasn't yeah, no, that, that wasn't red the, that he, was. he's 15 yards from that mm. looking at it you know so um, perhaps a bad example but no I think it's a good debate to have it's an interesting one there, there is always things that you can do um, to imp- to approve officiating, to imp- to approve to improve football, but again, I think you've got to try and protect the game as well. You know, we the the point the reason we're talking about this is because of these types of errors. Mm. Is we, that's what it gets you so intensely wound up and emotionally invested. I don't, again, don't we don't want to sterilise the game, but I, I do like the idea of, of giving the ref scope to you know just to say, hold on, your team is clearly targeting this player. Yeah, <laughs> only way. Yeah. Only way I see it working, fourth official or VAR, uh, the video assistant referee, <laughs> because that's how it works in other sports. Yeah, but don't you think it's a bit too late to get into VAR, isn't it? But yeah, because the referee <laughs> just say, the referee just says, "Oh, he fouled, he fouled him," yeah. and then he tells like the fourth official, 
and then they keep a note or VAR keeps a note they keep track of all fouls because it's you're asking too much from referees then honestly no. you're just asking a bit too I, much I, I, I think they're professional referees and I think they're certain but they're professional they can't even do their job right now without <laughs> that I, I think I, that I, they do it by the, the book and that yeah. that's kind of the problem I, I do get your point there and do you know what um, yeah, I would love to see you referee yeah. <laughs> game oh, I was out of breath it was, it was a horrendous experience but yeah I want, I want more stories about this time have you got more <laughs> stories about this one game you refereed um, yeah someone wants to fight me alright we'll save that story <laughs> we'll do that in the next hour just very quickly the FA Cup game has been a couple of goals already Brentford a one at nil up against Barnet Sergi Canos scored for them after just seven minutes and there's also been a goal in the Wolves and Shrewsbury game at Matt Doherty scoring that one Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Shrewsbury have already equalised uh, against uh, Wolves. That game is now a one-all. And some big breaking news in the world of football. Ravel Morrison has got himself a new football club. Have you seen this one today? No. Can we guess? Uh, what? F- former QPR, former uh, oh, I remember West the Man-, Man United starlet. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to make it London relevant. People oh. are talking about Ravel Morrison. Um, <sighs> he has signed for none other than Swedish giants. FC Sheriff? No. Oh. Ostersons. Correct. Yeah. Rava Morrison has just signed for Ostersons. His ninth club, age 26. We'll, we'll see how he gets not, on. Not a waste of talent at all. That. Absolutely and not. I, it reminds me of Tarat as well. Another QPR. I remember uh, QPR. Tarat. Tarat. Adele Tarat. 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 I just said that. I feel like I'm saying it. Tarat. All right, anyways. <laughs> Go ahead. Um... Dear, we promised the listeners an, another refereeing story. Oh. Um, tell the time about when you wanted to send the player off, but you didn't have your actual cards with yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't have any cards and I got abused. So basically, this player... Do you understand why you got abused as the referee without any cards? No, you, <laughs> no, he was kicking everyone about and I was getting frustrated. I was like, look, you can't keep doing that. And I went up to him and I said it. And then he was, he was going to throw a punch towards me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it, just imagine, like, the players already abused the referees. Imagine 26,000 people were abusing you at the same time. I can't, like... What age were these? What age were you and they what were, age were these They were teachers. The teachers are... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they were from another school because it was our school versus another school. Do you want to shame, name and shame that school? The <laughs> oh. teachers of this school threatened to punch a pupil because you were a rubbish referee. Yeah. But it's DR. I'm still, I'm, on, I'm still on their side. <laughs> That's why, I've, in fact, I remember on that day I said, you know what, I'm never going to um, criticise referees ever again, but I still yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, th- I thought you got a, a rough ride there. I think you could probably, you know, that's not a normal experience for a Premier League referee. If I had a red card, I would just pull it out and send him off, but they didn't, I don't think they they didn't give me the power. I, I, was, I had some sort of power, but I didn't have complete power. Didn't sound like you had a lot of power. No, I, was, I had a whistle. <laughs> so I can stop the but game but. mate of mine was a ref at uh, Dr Martin's league level yeah, yeah. I, I went to see him ref a, a cup game Crawley Town were playing once and he stopped in the middle of the game to wave at me 
which I thought was impressive. Yeah. And he was getting dogs abuse from the crowd. <laughs> so he paused near them and just pulled his shorts down next to them. I feel that's the best way to behave if you're a referee. <laughs> Give me it back. And I also remember... He did it during the game? Yeah, during the game. At the time, what, what you'd call the... it semi-professional, you'd call it. Yeah, no, so... Dr. Martins, I remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what it is now, but I remember the Dr. Martins League. I remember watching Dorchester Town. Yeah. Again, yeah. the old Dr. Martins. It was a stunning display of, mm. um, I don't know, stupidity slash arrogance. don't know. You know, he was a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> that not cross your mind, dear? No, no. Well, I had two linesmen, in fact, but both of them were staring at, <laughs> but both of them were staring at me half of the time, so it didn't really help. Like, I was like, "Come on, help but me, just guys!" Just in awe, probably. It was just, just so. Oh, it's just so embarrassing, honestly. Like, officiating from all of us was just. Yeah. Out of this world. Well, look, the Premier League really missed out, DR, when you decided to drop refereeing after that one experience. Um, I promised you four <laughs> word reviews as well. Um, let, let's move swiftly on. Um, but, do you know what? If anyone else has got some refereeing stories that can top DRs, I get in touch. Um, but I think you'll struggle to beat the, the man yeah. with no red cards um, and getting La- threatened to bunt, punch by one of the opposition's <laughs> teachers. Yeah, and also the linesman staring at me instead of looking at me. <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> take it as a compliment. Can we, can, yeah, let's take some four word reviews, please. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that the linesman was staring at me i need to i need to move on uh, so forward reviews so we got chris k uh one without wilf again sean just sean oh we've got the music back i was waiting for that it felt it was, so sterile no, without it he was getting there oh i'm just chilling okay there we are sean i'm feeling it now he's all right that are you <laughs> neil tipping in roy we trust Give it that little bit of a pause there, won't we? <laughs> for the little guitar. Son A. Sacco Wall Batshuai Drool. So I've sort of tried to pronounce that properly. No, I liked it. I, sorry, it rhymed, but realistically it doesn't rhyme. That reminds it? me as well. Wall and Drool. We need to get you doing some reading as well before the end of the, the show this evening. Do we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You carry on, carry on. No, be a I'll, think, I'll find something for you to read. Thanks, man. Sacco Pocketed Alexander Mitrovic from Alfie. I can't read that one from Tom Layton. It has swears in it. Dave, that's more like it. Jason Matthews, Palace better than Fulham. He's just gone factual, as Jason. Yeah, he's a fact. I mean, Palace he's correct. Better. Yep, that is six points we've taken off of them. Nav has gone with. I didn't watch it. That's helpful, Nav. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers buddy. mate. <sighs> Play again <Yeah>. next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Cadbury's parrot, our, our favourite, has gone with Luca penalty masterclass. Andy Sparrow. More balanced without Zaha. I think we'll get into that later on. Uh, Jackie Cole. Roy got tactics right. A bit of support for Roy there. Sales professional. Okay, it's a good name. Let's go on with Dinner, 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 Batman. I like that. It's done well. Uh, Sai has gone with absolutely buzzing after today. Couple more for you. Z Block Partizani. Bebop Alula. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Mark Drew's gone with onwards and upwards, hopefully. Still uh, still a bit affected there. Um, and wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's better be a good one best at the end. One yet. I'm trying desperately Saving to find one that's, one that's that's worthy of it. So I would set the music go. Uh, just, just keep playing the music, I think. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to go with Chuck Meyer right at the end here. And it's a it's a recurring theme, and it's definitely not the best one. And it's I've overplayed it massively because it's just the same as one earlier. But points again without Zaha. And there we are. 
chaps a pleasure. I'm just going to let the bed play for another 10, 15 seconds. I thought it said minutes. <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. And then we'll seamlessly go into a break. Don't rush it, Paddy. Excuse just, it just when, it, when it feels natural, mate. Put, put your trousers back on, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Are you fed up with your rising energy bills? You can make big savings on your energy by shopping around. A spokesman said, compares all the best tariffs on the market to help find the very best energy deals for you. Don't waste your hard-earned cash. Join the thousands who've already made big savings. Visit spokesmansaid.com and see just how much money you could save. With a spokesmansaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed those four-word reviews. We shall do them again next week. Marvellous. Uh, we've got listener questions, by the way. Yeah. Should we get? Should we? Should we deal with them? Shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's well, do it. okay. Do you know what? I'm going to lead with one that that links into. Oh, I've got a low battery warning there. It's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> That's not a question. It isn't. But, Who's that um, one from? <laughs> that was from me. From Samsung. Low battery. <laughs> uh, low but, battery. But uh, we got a comment in on Facebook from Paul Holden. Uh, who's asking a question that links into those four words, reviews. Wilfred Zaha, would you play him in his next available game or leave him on the bench to possibly come on in the second half? Play him. Yeah, you have to play him. Um, he's, our, he's our star man. Max, have you got an argument to leave him out? I do not. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like that question has been dealt with. Yeah, I but, kind of hope but, there'd be more conversation. Well, but... let me give it a bit of context, though. Thank because you. because obviously the answer is, yeah, you play him. Mm. But there are people, you know, Palace fans, who are saying, you know, the game against Fulham proves we don't necessarily have to play him. Proves that we're capable of playing mm. well. Play, we, we Potentially the system has greater balance. Um, and also... I think, sorry, you're dancing and putting me off, but I think there's an argument to be made that if we don't have, we can become a little one-dimensional with Wilf mm. on the pitch. A little bit like when Benteke was playing and we were punting it up to him. With Wilf on the pitch, we do look for him all the time, understandably. But you want him isolated against his, a full-back or a central defender mm. because if you do that, he's quite likely to create a chance or get a shot away. So, of course, we look to do that. When he's not there... And the system works, which is the key part, because we went 14 games without him not winning, not scoring, because it didn't work. We didn't know what to do. We now have a, two games, <laughs> which is a fairly small amount, but where it has worked and we have coped without him. Mm. So I see that there is a validity to the question to a point, but you do not yeah. bench your best player. The, the, the wider question, though, or, or point, I think, is is with... Zahar is that now you've got Benteke who is fully fit again and does look better and Batshuayi coming in you can play Zaha now back in his normal position so the debates that we've had in the studio so many times is Zaha playing well this season is he underperforming could he be doing better should he be scoring more goals well now 
he can go back into his normal position and, and we should see the one the, the best version of Zaha do you not think Diar? Yeah hopefully he kicks on in the second half of the season because if you look at his goals and assists it hasn't really been what I expected it to be. I thought, but he's had the the, the excuse. I want if it's maybe harsh, but he's you know he's had that that he's not playing in his his proper position. Yeah, but it's not every um, it's not like every game he hasn't been playing in his proper position. Whether his proper position is out front or winger, that's only Wilf knows that. But he has been playing out wide um, for some game. I know for majority of the first half of the season he did play out front, but when he has played out wide, he has looked dangerous. But it's still that the question marks of can he get that goal or can he get that assist he just needs to deliver that now that we have Benteke that's back and we can have possibly Ayu Nixon which both of them work brilliantly together um, he hopefully his his assist tally does go up because you got a player who, like Benteke who can hit the balls into the box and also you got Ayu who's a great poacher so that's what he needs to do hopefully he gets a um, couple more assists and kicks on if you go to a four four two, or you end up playing Zaha and Townsend back out wide again, who's going to miss out from this this midfield? Because it's been relatively settled, hasn't it? To be honest, yeah, um, I don't honestly think you can play Wilf as a, an orthodox left winger. Um, I don't think I don't think he's realistically played that many games like that. He is a wide forward, you mm. know, um, or a, or a free man in behind a striker. That's that's where he actually got the best statistics of his of his career. Mm. But if, you know, to, if the the answer is how do we accommodate him now? We got the strikers back, and you know, Roy does favour a four four two. It's a really difficult question to answer. You know, you almost have to go with a kind of a sort of asymmetric style where. We kind of sacrifice a little bit of the defensive cover on the left, push him further up, and you almost have a, a sort of a left favouring front three, if you like, whereas Townsend becomes more orthodox on the right-hand side. But I think the problem we have is if we go two central midfielders only, I think we'll be picked apart by the bigger teams. Mm. Um, but I think realistically we've got a chance now to really start to vary those systems, and we've seen that in the last few weeks from Roy. You know, We've got a system that we can play against the bigger teams where we are 4-5-1 or 4-3-3, and then you know against Fulham we went for a more four four two kind of kind of look to things. So there's different ways of doing it, but I think ultimately, you know, Luca's always going to play in central midfield, and James MacArthur seems yeah. to be Roy's yeah. illegitimate son or something. <laughs> so um, categorically, he isn't that. I'm not saying that. It might Please, be. nobody sue me. It could um, be. Well, no, I suppose yeah. You, you can't, can't rule it out. out. Can't rule it out. I suspect it isn't true though. All right. They don't look alike, do they? Well, it's not hard. hugely yeah. I've seen people it's look hard, less but... alike <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> oh you're starting to convince me yeah. now Ooh, I'm not too sure but... we'll dig into it yeah find out next week yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> do some genealogy studies <laughs> find out for you <laughs> but uh, that, uh, you made a good point there because Roy Thanks. clearly Roy, not about <laughs> that not about James MacArthur and Roy <laughs> it's about the fact that Roy has favourites like James MacArthur and do you drop Kuyate for James? You know, you keep McCarthy in there and drop Kuyate if you go to four four two. If he does that, I'm going to riot. I'm not. I'm not. Ex- I'm sorry. I've accepted so much, but you can't drop Kuyate, who has played brilliantly for James McCarthy. I've accepted That's so much. I've that as a sentence. Okay. Yeah, like I've I've seen so much before, like of Wilf playing up front, and I just I can't accept that. You can't drop James McCarthy. Uh, you can't drop um, Kuyate for McCarthy if you do play four forty formation. So I don't, it's going to be interesting. You're not actually going to write though. No, I no. just said that for okay, the sake of it. Yeah, just, just checking. Yeah, I can't write. <laughs> I got I got handled by teachers. How am I going to write? <laughs> what do you reckon, Max? So, like, 
you know, when we've seen Roy play four four two before, though, it's always been those wide positions. He's always used central midfielders anyway. So I don't think we've played orthodox wingers under him at all, have we? Um, maybe. I think last year the fact that we would play kind of MacArthur and Loftus-Cheek out wide was for, for want of... Um, of having players. I think this year now Schlupp has done a little bit better and he does seem to link quite well with Van Anholt down the left. I think he's a genuine option there. And I agree with you that Zaha can't play as the orthodox left midfielder in a flat four. I think he either has to be, you either have to sacrifice that side and play him further forward or play him freely uh, behind the striker. But equally, I think he's at his best kind of receiving the ball on the left touchline and then cutting inside and running at pace of defenders rather than with his back to goal when he plays uh, as a forward. So it's a difficult question to answer. I, having criticised Schlupp last week, I, I think he, he's actually played well enough that you can consider him as a genuine option uh, on the left of midfield. Next question. Oh, I forgot I there, there were other questions. Sorry. Is that, yeah, well, I, just got so, I got so into that question. Well, we, 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 we answered the question, didn't we? We did, so yeah. We, look, we, you usually go on to the next one. We got one they that, praised me and I just went to my <laughs> head. got distracted. Yeah. We got <laughs> one that links to the West uh, West Ham game, but I guess we should leave that for later. Yeah, hold yeah. fire, mate. Yeah, you know how this radio yeah, stuff exactly. works. You'll get into that. Yeah, so Hamburg right now is using... Have a little scroll. It takes me a while, though. That's all right. We've got time. Yeah. So um. <laughs> here's my here's a question from me to you guys. If you were to sell Z- uh, if you were to sell one of them, uh, one of Zaha and Wambasaka in the summer, mm. who would you sell? I would sell Wambasaka. What about you? Uh, oh, so I have to. Yes, you had to choose between Zaha it's, and Wambasaka. Who do you sell? You like DR never does the show again, or Wambasaka or Zaha. Yeah, never does the show. Well, obviously, that's <laughs> that's not, it, yeah. come on, that's that's that's, that's um, the the one mainstay. Fair enough. Okay, uh, who's Saha joining if I sell him? <laughs> All right, yeah. we can't get into that after. <laughs> just just pick. You, uh, can, you, uh, you uh, can sell either to a team of right your, your wish. Cur- Zaha Zaha Cur- or Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who are you selling between them two? Just It doesn't matter who they're joining. I hate, Zaha, to, say, I hate, to, I hate to say it because I love Zaha, but it'd be Zaha. And, and the reason for that is that I think now is he, he's at a time in his career where it would it's the only way for him to develop even further. Wambasaka's well, got more more left in the tank to develop at Palace. Max What about you, Max? Tricky. I think Wambasaka only because we don't have a replacement for Zaha, whereas Joel Ward is a pretty good deputy for Wambasaka. So we so we're split. I you th- said, yeah, the reason I say Wambasaka is because he's a right back. Like the hardest thing to do at the top level of football is is to score and create and to have that spark. Having a player who can do something from nothing, those players, there's not a lot of them. Wambasaka is clearly a young, very, very, very talented footballer, but you can replace them for probably twenty million quid. You don't, you you can't. Crystal Palace as a football club, like loads of other Premier League teams, if they lost someone of his ability, you can't replace him. And he's only 26 as well. But also Zaha, how much, you know, the, the rumours are that we want to send him for 60 million. But what, what, but what are you going to do with 60 million quid Crystal Palace? Because it's, it's pointless having the money if you've got, if you, can, if you can put somebody in 150 grand a week and buy someone for 30 grand, so can other teams and they will pro- choose those teams over Crystal Palace. So it's kind of like yeah, you I can't necessarily spend that cash. I understand that. But then when you have, a, this is a push, I know he, he's, a, he's a right back, but when you have a player like Wan-Bissaka, and also we've got other quality players in the team as well, Sako and Benteke, then players can attract um, quality players. So if we have 60 million to spend, you know, we can buy three, three decent players and we can push on as a squad because this is going to sound very harsh, but we can win without Zaha and it won't be the end of the world if he does leave. 
just, from my perspective, I was only answering it from a financial point of view. I think, you know, I don't think you can replace what Zaha gives to a team. But from a financial point of view, Wilf's not going to go up in value, whereas Wan-Bissaka is. I, I certainly wasn't... Um, you know, Patrick has got in touch and said, why are you trying to sell our players? Yeah, that was DR. his question. DR. DR. But... <laughs> because it, well, really, What's up with you, man? No, but... Yeah, sort yourself out. Well, why don't we build a squad, gone. eh? Why don't we... Yeah. Why don't we... We'll... Yeah, why don't why, do where's your chat? ambition? Where's my ambition? Oh, well, Jesus. It's going to realistically, like we, Zaha's, Zaha's link with um, Dortmund in January. Dortmund. Yeah, Mund. Dortmund. Well, I don't know what. In January transfer window. We're going to so. take a break and during that break, we're going to try find DR's ambition and then I'll also <laughs> update you with the FA Cup scores as well because there's been a couple more goals. Oh. Love Sport, 558am. Have we got some more listener questions, by the way? Oh, this was a oh, mate. question. Oh, <laughs> mate. I felt like I asked you a few minutes ago, and I felt like you'd forgotten in that time that we, oh, I didn't I, I remind didn't you. I didn't forget. It was just no, no, it was a while, while you scroll through and get them. It's, it, it's one question, okay, and, it well, was, just, and it was West Ham-based. So, yeah. Was that it? Yeah, it, oh. it's better for them. We're going to do then for the next six minutes. I kind of thought we'll do some listener questions. Well, we yeah. can continue this debate. Oh, you've done it now. Yeah, it's done. How's yeah. it done? Yeah. Well, we all decided what we wanted to do. So... That's that bit. Oh, what we keep in. I suppose, I suppose it isn't. It is, look, it isn't specific. We, we, I can change the question. Go on. By removing one reference to Flip West Ham, and just have it as a general comment. So Palace Ash has got in touch and says, "With Zaha and Coyote available, Ooh, yes, I saw this question. Which three players would miss out of the eighteen-man squad?" Uh, yeah, I, I saw that question as well. Um, yeah, so thank you, Palace w- Ash, for w- tweeting that in. Yeah, I think. What's the players? Wickham was there. Well, he, he, he suggested oh, Wickham, suggest Dan, Gyro, yeah, I mean, Kelly and Sacco. But well, Wickham, you're the boss here. Yeah, Wickham. Do what you want. Yeah, well, Wickham was um, out of the squad. This yeah, but let's say, he, let's say he was fit because he was I, injured last Yeah, I, he's still out of the squad. I, okay. I don't see Wickham coming in uh, because we've got Batch right there. So Wickham out. Um, Gyro out because Roy just put him in there for numbers, I think, against Fulham. So he doesn't really favour him. But the third option is a bit weird. I don't know Wars, whether to choose don't from. I don't know whether to choose from Scott Dan or Martin Kelly. I still don't know who Roy favours. I'd go Kelly just for the versatility. Mm. I, I concur. Thank you, Rambo. Having said that, obviously Scott Dan, club vice captain, still I think a big threat as well for set piece. If you need yeah. need a goal late on, yeah. striker, yeah, you can play striker. Uh, last ten minutes of a game. With Tompkins doing his best to get injured every single <laughs> game, you know. I think it was you know, foot last week, nose this week. Um, I think, you know, centre-backs most likely we're going to need someone to step in. But. Well, you know what? The fact that we're having this question and having this debate, it shows that we've, we've progressed as yeah. a club. Yeah, it's, the yeah. fact that we're trying to Good take point, people DR. out. Yeah, we're trying to take people <laughs> out of the squad. Um, where, like, a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at um, bringing in... Well, Go on, Hamburg, you, no, you just reminded me of something. I, I was. It makes me laugh because we always talk about how basically bipolar our fans are and <laughs> all football, all fans, football are. fans are yeah. but literally out an hour in fact you could probably go a minute before the close of the transfer window right you would have a large number of palace fans going about how weak our squad was 
Um, you know, <laughs> how badly the manager's been supported. Yeah. Sack the board, sack the director of football. They're stealing a living. Two signings we made, Sacco and Batshuayi. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's our best ever Premier League squad. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd hate to kind of, you know, poo-poo anything or take away any kind of credit. But, you know, what you told me as well, Hamba, about this Batshuayi deal was like, we don't give Dougie Friedman any credit for that, do we? This signing? Well, we should. <laughs> but, but should we? Yeah, I think so. If he was offered, well, if he was offered to him? I think... It, it's, it's not someone that he's gone out as a director of football and found and, and signed for the football club. Chelsea have said, look, we don't want to give him to Spurs. Do you fancy him? Well, hang on. Well, to be fair, well, no, I don't know if you... I think maybe we don't give Dougie direct credit because we've, we've been on our radar for a long while. We mm. tried to get him from Marseille when, when Chelsea got him. Um, so in terms of scouting him, he was already scouted by the club a while ago. But in terms of that deal, someone has done the negotiation there because, as much as what I'm what I'm saying is that's that was the end deal. Clearly, we must have pushed that because Chelsea aren't going to go. You know what? Keep keep seven million quid of the eight, the eight million. <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have used our position there and just gone. Well, mm. you don't want him to join these clubs. We've only got X amount available. Is that enough? <laughs> and I'm sure some negotiations gone there. But I think people generally misunderstand how transfers and scouting works. If you don't if you don't find a, a, a gem every single season or if you don't sign the player that's done well elsewhere, you've got no scouting network and it doesn't work and the chairman's signing the players. But, you know, it, it's never that simple. I mean, Roy, Roy gets the final say on everything. Mm. And that's what happens at most clubs. Most clubs that have a sporting director, you know, modern football, it's too much to ask a manager to, to deal with all of that, to deal with all those agents... All those scouts, all all those different leagues all mm. over the world. Football is more global than it's ever been. You need the manager needs to focus on the first team. It does. People just don't understand that anymore. The manager does, but it doesn't mean that the manager gets to like have a final because there's nowadays there's more head coach rather than a manager. So you you're given the players and you have to deal with it. I think with Newcastle, I don't know if they still do it, but they had a sporting director and he basically got all the players and the manager didn't really have much of a say. So how do we know that that's the case with us? Because the club has said it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he would never lie to you. Max, go on <laughs> back to this this initial question. If Zaha and Kuate are available for West Ham, uh, which three miss out on being in, in the 18-man squad? Again, those suggestions of Wickham, Dan, Gyro, Kelly and Sacco, but again, do as you wish. Um, I would drop Wickham, even though it's very harsh on him, just because of the striker competition, I would drop Gyro, despite the fact that I rate him as a footballer, and I would drop Kelly because I feel like we need Dan on the bench because he is uh, the best Premier League auxiliary striker, and <laughs> no one will ever change my mind on that. He spent one and a half minutes uh, playing there against Bournemouth and got the equaliser. And if anyone wants to call in and disagree with me, I'll I'll debate that. Point. I mean, I'm I'm sure Liverpool fans would disagree with you and say Stephen Colkin. Do you not remember all his appearances for them all up front? <laughs> I you've I know that happened. That was a positive version of that. But under Pardew, I think he must have played Scott down there for about 25 minutes to, yeah. to zero effect. Was it a Swansea? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it might. Like... I'm just anyway. I'm getting some kind of shiver down the back of my spine <laughs> yeah, it was a relating game. to a Pardew memory that's hurting, <laughs> that's hurting me, and I'm not going to not going to focus any further on yeah, that. Yeah, it was a home game, but yeah, I've I've lost. You're, you're right, mate. You lost <laughs> your train of thought. You're okay. right. It's fine, mate. We'll have a break. I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, know, you you can do that. You've got a couple of minutes. We'll, we'll come back after the break. You, you've got some questions for, for West Ham related. Right. We, we, you can share them because we've got the West Ham employee can join us on the phone. 
This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. The Opposition View on Love Sport. Yes, welcome back. It's the opposition view. Uh, it's West Ham up next for Crystal Palace, and we've got the ex West Ham employee on the phone now. Very good evening to you, sir. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. So I always feel almost strange introducing you as a nameless person. It's all very mysterious. It is, you know, adds a bit of mystery to your show for today. <laughs> um, thank you very much for that. Um, just so West right. Ham, it's been oh, well. Uh, we actually we spoke to Sean Derry earlier on in, in the in the show, and he was saying, kind of, if you get the West Ham that was last night and against, I mean, some of the other bigger sides you faced, then Palace maybe going to be a little bit worried this week, weekend. But there's been other times when you've kind of been a bit hit and miss. So, what have you made of West Ham? That just sums West Ham up to a T, and unfortunately, in my thirty odd years of supporting us, it hasn't really varied much each season. We we suddenly do well against a team you don't expect us to, and then struggle against a team you think we're going to beat, and you you just never know what's going to happen with us. I guess that is the beauty of supporting us that every game is something different. But um, you know, I think we're just going to try and replicate our performance against Liverpool. We've got a relatively decent record at um, Crystal Palace, so hopefully, if we can do that, then we might be able to get um, at least a point out of the game. Yeah, and what what have you been like away from home this season? Because we mentioned, you know, West Ham they've they've done particularly well against those bigger sides. Think of the Arsenal game. You think of Liverpool last night. You have picked up results. You almost like you've sussed sussed it out how to to beat the bigger teams. But how have you been away from home? Um, again, very inconsistent. You know, we beat Everton at the start of the season. Um, we got a good result against Southampton away. Um, some decent results there, but then some terrible ones. You know, dreadful against Wolves um, this time last week. Uh, dreadful against Burnley. So it just really is really, really inconsistent, as we always are. So I think... You know, I'd, I'd like to think a London derby, we might have a, a bit of a different attitude to it than perhaps a Burnley game, and hopefully that might see us to actually perform better. Yeah, and now look, you you are very much regarded as a, a man in the know when it comes to West Ham, particularly with, with, with transfers. Now, I did see it, uh, around January time in the build-up to, to deadline day, you know, Michi Batshuayi being linked with, with your football club. Do you know anything about that? Was that ever you know, a realistic chance for West Ham to sign him? Yeah, I think we put in a loan offer, but the the plan was for us to either um, lose Perez, so he was the main one, lose Perez in the window, or possibly Hernandez. Both stayed, and then uh, yeah, Batshuayi there didn't, therefore didn't become an option. I think his wage demands as well were beyond what we were looking to pay to. So yeah, and for that chance would never happen. I mean, we've been linked with him in about three uh, three times now in his career. So he's <laughs> like the Idaka Johnson that was the player that we were always linked with that never ever joined. So this, I, I wouldn't be surprised we're linked with him again. But uh, hopefully, again with West Ham, whenever we're linked with a player, they score against us. So I'm hoping he doesn't do that and hoping he doesn't play. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like like your chaps Jermaine Defoe, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> linked with yeah. you every window, but never never signed for you. Um, you've got um Kiate making a bit of a return. He's been good for for Palace this season. Was was he a player that you, you regret losing? Because um, yeah, I think he, he's he's impressed many this year for Palace. In his first few seasons for us, he was absolutely brilliant. Our, you know, our last season at um, the Bolin, he was one of the best players. And on his day, he's a phenomenal player, box to box, powerhouse, offers a lot. 
But I don't know what happened to him last season, but last season he was one of our weakest players by a long way. And most weeks on the podcast that I do, we seem to be singling him out as one of the worst performers. So I think we probably cashed him casting on him at the right time um, he probably will be a good player for Palace and hopefully for them he can keep um, up the form he did show for us in his early years but yeah the last season he just wasn't the same player he was um, the previous ones but he's a good player though. good player good signing Hello, mate. I don't know what to call you. I was going to guess at your mate. name for a while, mate. I was going to. If I, <laughs> mate if I, will do. Yeah. Dave is your first name, Dave. You go with Dave, mate. Go with Dave. That's fine. Right, Dave. Right. So, um, <laughs> so you know a lot about West Ham transfers, Dave. So, um, can you answer this question? Is it David Gold or David what? Sullivan? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not David Gold. I've met him. Okay. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like David Gold. I went to Gold. his show me his helicopter. That is not a euphemism. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> I can show you my helicopter if you want. Maybe, <laughs> maybe later, Dave. Maybe later. <laughs> so, uh, Ask the question, please. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. Um, can you answer this question? Why is it that uh, every player that Palace are linked with, around 45 seconds after the story breaks, West Ham are linked with them? Well, see, we saw that about you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a tight, our timings are out, probably. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. I guess, I mean, we're probably looking, we're both in the same sort of position in the league. Both probably got relatively similar budgets. So, I guess that then means that we're in the market for the same players. Again, it will depend on who's available. Um, so, yeah, I think... I'd like to think we're a bigger club, but I guess when it comes to buying players at this point, we're probably at a similar, similar level. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's why Everton are another one that always seems to be in the mix for players that we're interested in too. So, uh, yeah, again, I guess a similar positioned club to us. So, I guess you have to take what you can realistically get. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, you know, the you know, obviously, you like to think you're a bigger club and all that, and that's a nice little. Did nice you pick little, up on that? I did pick up. I on didn't that. think you would but, have done. But having said that, and in, and in fairness, you know, I understand that, especially with your nice free stadium. But um, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, you know, you've been kind of marooned in the in the top division without your your nearest and dearest rivals, Millwall, for a while. Um, you know, Brighton have, have joined us, but they are so laughable these days as, as, a, as a support base. You know, every single one of their fans, they're watching their second team. You know, they're all, they're all Chelsea fans. But so we, we don't really have a proper rivalry anymore. But I th- things are getting a little bit tense between Palace and West Ham these days. How do you feel that's shaping up? Yeah, I mean... I guess with Palace, obviously local-wise, they are one of the closest clubs to us in the Premier League and similar league positions as always. I still haven't forgiven you for the 2003, was it, playoff final yeah, when Bill yeah. Shipley scored that Four. winner. So for me, I've never been able to let go of that because I happened to have a housemate at the time who was a Palace fan and we made an agreement that whoever won was not allowed to brag and come the full-time whistle, he broke that agreement very, very quickly. So... Since yeah. then, I've always had a little bit of a dislike for Palace, but I mean, to be honest with you, on the list of teams I dislike, Palace are about ninth or tenth, so it's, yeah. it's not too much to worry about. Oh, I'll take that, that's all right. DR, you're, you're a man filled with hate. Um, where, where did West Ham link for, for you? Um, not that high. No. I feel like West Ham hate us more than we hate them. Everyone says that. About I think it's because of Twitter. I blame Twitter for it. Yes, I think that's a factor. I think there's been a bit of rivalry on Twitter from various accounts, not mine. Yeah, but faceless not and nameless them. names, I think. Yeah. They're, they're the worst <laughs> yeah, for it. Right. <laughs> they could get away with it if they're nameless, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> 
Well, we know he's Dave now, don't we? So it's not yes. fun, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah. but not, not 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 David Gold. No, no, you've, you've, not. you heard his voice and been in his helicopter. <laughs> Correct. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they told me an interesting story about Adam Faith. But anyway, um, no, nothing bad. I've made that sound bad. It was it was a nice story. Anyway, um, I noticed that you pretended Marco Anatovic was injured for the game against Liverpool, um, but we'll be, but we'll be back for the for the Palace match. Where did you read that? It was on this uh, wonderful bit of paper that Paddy printed out for me earlier. Would you just um, like to read what it says? I'm going to read it. Yeah, um, please do. Have a seat. Have a sit down, Dave, because it's going to go on for a while, this. So I'm, I'm not great at this. He's a master. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the headline first and see how you feel about that. So, Marco Nautovic set to be fit to return for West Ham against Crystal Palace this weekend after foot injury. As headlines go, that's quite descriptive, isn't yeah, it? it is. Usually you get a short, sharp, maybe it's comedic. Not I was taught at university. No, exactly. How do you feel about that, Dave? Too long? Too long, that headline? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not an expert in headlines, but right. um, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I think it was okay. To be honest with you. All right, I'm going to I'm going to move on with the rest of the article now. Go I on. think we've got the got as much as we can out of the headline. <laughs> so it says West Ham. It's in it's in bold, so I raised my voice slightly. <laughs> West Ham forward Marco Nautovic is winning his race to be fit to face Crystal Palace this weekend. That was also in bold. Also in bold. That yeah. <laughs> the 29 year old Austrian missed his sides Monday night one one draw with Liverpool at the London Stadium because of a bruised foot. <laughs> Why is London in bold? I, I didn't do it. Jeez. Just Maybe read you don't it. Know where West Ham is? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, West Ham believe Anatovic will be back for their Premier League trip <laughs> to Selhurst this to Selhurst Park with just six points separating Manuel Pellegrini's side and Palace. Anatovic was forced off after 77 minutes with a foot problem against Wolves previously on January the 29th. Uh, and then there's some stuff about him being linked with a lucrative move to China. There's no more bold, so it's not funny to continue no, no, reading no, no. it. You paraphrase. Um, but so a couple of things on that. Obviously, he's kind of your Zaha. We we often see lovely tweets from West Ham fans going like if Zaha's better or whatever retweet, retweet if like, who's the better, better player. Uh, how's he been for you this season? First and foremost. Uh, yeah, not too bad. I mean, he's gone off injured a number of times. Um, I mean, he is our star man. You can't get beyond that. But, um, you know, he didn't play yesterday and we turned in one of our best performances. So I, I'm not happy with how he's conducted himself over this window. But yeah. if he comes back and scores another 10 goals, then I'll forgive him for the time being. But it is frustrating every time we start to look like we're doing something. You know, a player like him will cause problems like Pae and many others before him. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. I think, you know, we're with our talisman, with Zaha, he, he doesn't, he hasn't ever really kicked up a fuss about, you know, he's been linked. But Mate, he'll be always... Just wait until Leicester come in for him. Yeah. And then he'll, be, he'll be kicking up a fuss, <laughs> desperate to, to, to make he, that move. Um, yeah. Did he join Man United? <laughs> uh, he, he did. We, we, we sold him to Man United. They loaned yeah. him back. And he was never, never to used back. him. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we did very, very well out of that deal. But da- he, he was too mature. Dave, um, how do you think um, West Ham go about getting a result then this weekend? How do you want to see him play? How do you want to see him set up? I wouldn't change anything from the Liverpool game. You know, if you've played that well against possibly the title winners, then you need to keep with the same team. So I'd have exactly the same team. Even if Anatovic is fit, I'd have him on the bench. Um, and then you're just going to say to the lads, same as Liverpool, and see what happens. And uh, you know, if things don't go to plan, then, you know, having Anatovic and a few others on the bench, you can change it up. But um, I think we're just going to go with exactly as we did against Liverpool. OK, well, how do you see it going then? Uh, I'll take a one-all draw. I, know. I think I would as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you, 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 you save it. I ask you guys later. Yeah, Dave, yeah. absolute pleasure speaking to you this evening, mate. 
Cheers. Yeah, you too. <laughs> that was ex West Ham employee, uh, aka Dave, yeah. not David Goals, because we, we Hambo yeah. knows who that is. We can yeah. categorically rule it him out. Yeah. Um, but the the man on the, on on the know in the know of all the West Ham dealings, uh, apparently interested in Michi Batshuayi, never quite happened. He's predicting a one all this weekend. We'll get the thoughts of the chaps in the studio up next because we're only on for another fifteen minutes. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. What was that you were just saying? Don't be talking about, mate. <laughs> you are just telling a, a story, weren't you? Well, I was just talking about Dave and uh, the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't? No, I wasn't. It was just something else. Just something else. Okay. Just talking about books. Just about books, yeah. Just talking about Simon Jordan's book. Okay. It's Very good, by the way, Simon it's Jordan. A, it's an entertaining It's mm. an entertaining book, and he's an entertaining man. He is, isn't he? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of, of Simon Jordan. I think he's a very... I wasn't sure about him when he was owner of Crystal Palace. I think it was the hair... <laughs> um, the per- he Personality. did come across a certain way. Yeah, and but rightly since- so. He is that. He is how he comes yeah. across. But at the same time, you can applaud that to a degree because he is he's an honest guy. He is mm. that. He is that man. Uh, made some mistakes, but don't haven't we all? Dr, have you made mistakes? Um, refereed yeah. that game, didn't you? Yeah, the refereed. <laughs> yeah, I made so many mistakes. I don't want to talk about you it. You sure? Yeah, it's all right. Max, any mistakes? This is N- none that I can say on air. Unfortunate, <laughs> isn't it? Have yeah, you made any mistakes? Absolutely. Hammer, do, do I look like the kind of guy that's made a mistake in my life? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was rude. <laughs> I, I was yeah. going to share until you said that. Um, I'm going to update you on some FA Cup scores. Right. Um, it is half-time across the fourth round replays. Brentford are beating Barnet 2-0. Um, Sergi Canos scored early on and Jean Vier scored after half an hour. The other t- k- good team club, the other game involving a London team this evening is QPR against Portsmouth. Um, that is currently goalless. Uh, Wolves against Shrewsbury. Well, that was a bit of a, a humdinger last time round. It's the same again this evening. Two all um, at half time. Sam Ricketts in charge of Shrewsbury, obviously a former Wolverhampton Wanderers player. And the other game, um, you'll be not surprised to hear that a game involving Tony Pulis's Middlesbrough is currently goalless. Um, it may end that way. Actually, I'm just looking at the stats here. Newport have had 12 shots. Middlesbrough zero. Wow. That sounds like so a all new that does. Yeah, that is. 1-0 Barrow at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, and it will be. Uh, Pulis is from Newport, by the way. Yeah. It's, a, it's a homecoming for Tony Pulis. Apparently, the, the, the streets were lined with, with people welcoming him back this evening. All, in, all in baseball caps. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> Maybe. So, uh, let's look ahead to, to West Ham this weekend. We're obviously all going right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had a little think there about where it Are was. You going, what else could you possibly be doing? I'm watching a box set. I quite like those. Oh, no, oh you didn't realise Hambo doesn't go to... Um, he doesn't go to normal games. He only goes against top six sides. He's a little bit of plastic. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. True. That's exactly the truth. Oh, that's not true. I don't believe that for one second. Well, Absolutely. Believe it. Because I'll, I'll, I'll get evidence, I'll collect it, and I'll bring it. <laughs> <laughs> believe it. It's not true, is it, Hambo? I've been season ticket he's, holder for years. He's ill. <laughs> he's ill whenever we don't face a top six side. It's, it's true. I've, I've missed some home games of... of you know, in recent times, yes. just just through. You don't have to go to every game. No, I, my seat is there. I'm there in spirit every yep. game. 
And what do you do? Do you hand it out to, to someone else to, to fill temporarily? Sometimes yeah. I do, sometimes I don't. It depends how I'm feeling, really. Mm. Uh, you know. But you are going to this game against West Ham. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. there's going to be no illness yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Categorically not, no. Brilliant, okay. Um, <laughs> what changes, if any, would you guys make then from that win from Fulham? Or is it one of those situations like, well, why why change it? Uh, Zaha comes in for Schlupp. Okay. And why Schlupp here? Oh, I, I, like, I like him. But Top scorer, isn't he? He's the weakest link. He's the weakest link inside. Oh, don't see it, mate. If you, look at, if you look at <laughs> Premier League winner. Newport have just scored. There we are. That was coming. I said it was coming. I, Newport I, have scored. I jinxed it. Yes, you did. <laughs> Burrow on nil. Anyway. Wilmot. Um, Wilmot yeah. with the goal. Yeah, so Je- Jeffrey Slup, uh, he's the weakest link. So I won't be surprised if he, if Wilf comes in. In place of him, and I'm, I'm not too sure about Kayate. It'll be interesting. I think it depends on the formation. If we go with four four two, you know, would Roy play uh, Maka or would he play Kayate or would Wilf play up front? So there's so many questions. Um, I think depending on the formation, I think Batshuayi might start in, in place of Benteke as well because you know Roy was talking about the fact that medical advice was to, put, to play Benteke for 45 minutes only, and they they pushed him for 70 minutes and. I, I've got a feeling we might see a change around that as well. He also had a cramp, yeah. He had a cramp in the yeah. 45-minute mark. A cramp. A, a cramp, yeah. yeah just cramp. one. Yeah, just, just one cramp. Just one bit of cramp, yeah. Oh, guys, I've got a, oh, a cramp. A cramp, not yeah. again. Yeah. I hate it when a cramp happens. You just take, you take, <laughs> you just take a out of the sentence just so you get cramp. Yeah, he had a cramp. <laughs> if you singularise it, you sound yeah. like an idiot. Radio. Right. Just, we'd hate for that to happen. Yeah, we'd the never, last thing we want to you, bring you up on it either. Right. Exactly, no. You, he was I'm, hurt. I'm whispering so I don't draw attention to it. <laughs> but you sounded like an idiot. All right, he was hurt. He was hurt. Well, Hammer, you can't talk because you don't go most at home games. So you just sit at home and watch Palace like right, that. Right. Anyways, he was hurt. He was hurt. He played for. Lashed out a bit there, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, dude. I didn't mean yeah. that. He played for. He was hurt. It's he played card, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot the cards. Yeah, we are that. we are forgetting to preview the game, aren't we? Sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry, Dio. Carry on. Sorry, Dio. Yeah. So he was hurt, and I was surprised that Roy what, played. What, what happened to him? <laughs> did, did he have a cramp? Yeah, he did have a cramp. Okay, that's upsetting. <laughs> well, you just said the same thing I said. Yeah, no, I'm a just cramp. checking. I know that's why I said it. Sorry, <laughs> right, Max, gr- rescue us. What would you do? <laughs> I would. I would definitely put in. Assuming, uh, assuming none of the players have a cramp. <laughs> if if we were that lucky, yeah. I would. I would put in Zaha for IU. And I would keep Slup in midfield. You keep Slup. Yeah. There we are. And IU had a had a really good game. And hopefully Dr doesn't get annoyed by me saying that because you got annoyed by me saying that someone had a stormer earlier. No, he did have a good game. Uh, no, you said he misplaced but, a couple of passes. But but you know that was Jeffrey Slup. Yeah, that was not IU. But, IU, but you'd, IU. you'd still drop him out of the squad. I'd have him on the bench, but I agree he did have his best game for Palace uh, in the last game, and he looked and he looked really good. I think it just shows what confidence can do to a player, and you saw that with Benteke as well. Yeah. Completely different, completely different animal. And Im- imagine Benteke of la- last year, um, who looked like he couldn't, you know, t- even tie a shoelace or or, or take or take two steps in the same direction, and trying trying an overhead kick like that. Um, that kind of audaciousness from Benteke. From someone who's obviously that talented is something we need to see more of. Yeah, yeah. Based on what we've all said, though, what do we think Roy is going to actually do? Um, keep ma- keep the same team. No, no. Keep uh, put Zaha in, hundred percent. Five four for Jeffrey Slup. Okay. And um, but then he's got to change Kier- the system, isn't he? But that's what I'm saying. James McCarthy. Love James McCarthy a bit too much. 
for him to drop him. So I actually don't know what what Roy is actually going to do next um, against West Ham. Normally Roy is predictable, but he's not predictable. In this I game. honestly think he's going to keep Ayu up top. Yeah, I won't be surprised about that. I've talked myself out of Benteke or Batshuayi starting. And so I think, I just I think, start ahead I think of both Wilf, of Wilf comes in for Benteke and then, yeah. then you swap the two over. So are you central, Wilf on the left-hand side? And I think the rest of the team stays the same. That's right. my, my prediction. Well, we'll drop that down and we'll, we'll, we'll see if you're right. Um, West Ham, though, what have you what have you made of them? Because obviously we were speaking to Dave earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, he did make the point, though, that they beat Arsenal. Um, they drew with Liverpool yesterday, and there's a couple of other of, of the bigger clubs, Chelsea as well. They, they've taken points from. They've been particularly good, and there's been a couple of standout players from them this year, but maybe just not quite clicking on a on a consistent level. But there's clearly a, a really good squad there, and you know when you do the the standard, you know, best players outside the top six. I've seen various people do across the course of the season picking yeah. your squad. West Ham have got a few in there. You know, Declan Rice, Marko Natovic, and Philippe Anderson. And when you consider, you know, Yarmolenko's been out injured, so is Wilshere. Yeah. Um, they've got Lanzini as well to come back in. Wilshere injured? Yeah, yes, he is. I mean, well, he's on his way well, back. Well, but I never. The, but the point, they've, they've got some good individuals. Good yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can really only sort of hop back to the game we played against them, which was extremely disappointing. Came off the back of the Brighton defeat and was another defeat. Conceded, you know, goals in quick succession were made to look very ordinary. Um, you know, there was one really, really good goal. In fact, well, Snodgrass's goal was decent, but a, mm. a proper keeper gets there. Um, the oh, second yeah. was a was a poor free kick spilled by the keeper to the little P. Um, oh, I missed out a word there. Yeah, just blaming Hennessy. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then the third <laughs> one was uh, was a great strike. But you know, you know, it it was a game that really hurt to lose. And I, and I probably am still not really over it because it came after Brighton as well, which was another game that really hurt to lose. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I understand they're inconsistent, but I just, in my head, they're not. In my head, they're a very good side. Um, and whether or not Arnautovic was fit, it doesn't. I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference. I think they've got enough depth in that squad to, to give us real trouble. Mm. My only hope is that they do set up a little bit different away from home than they do at, than they do at home. And I think that possibly might give us an opportunity to, to sort of, I don't know, I think we'll try and give them the ball and yeah. we'll try and break them just like we did Fulham. Well, look, so we talk about the, the positive for West Ham, but it is only one win in, in six d- despite you know that point against Liverpool. So we'll, we'll kick off some predictions before we leave you this evening. Max, do you, do you want to kick us off? How do, you, how do you see Palace against West Ham happening this weekend? I think that uh, both teams have got pretty good attacks and so I think it's going to be reasonably high scoring I'll say 2-2 Desmond 2-1 Palace and for you Hamburg 0-0 uh, and I wish I hadn't gone <laughs> you oh. might not go yeah you might <laughs> true go. I might be ill yeah you might be ill yeah because <laughs> we're somewhere not quite top 6 yeah that's yeah. right yeah. well chaps I might, I might get a cramp it's been an absolute pleasure this evening thank you to Sean Derry for his contributions and Dave aka ex West Ham employee the Crystal Palace fan show will be back next week it'll be about the same time won't we yeah roughly yeah we'll come back Tuesday at 7 till 9 we hope you can join us see you then Thank 
Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.